Hi, I'm Shivam. Hi, I'm Izzy. And this is Phoenix Chat. Where one of us can read. Which one? You, you find, find out. out. Oh man, so thank you all for joining us again for episode three of Phoenix yeah. Chat. Um one quick announcement before we start. Um, we have uh, just uh, started up our Patreon page. So if you like what we're doing and uh, want to support us, that is probably the best way to do so. Uh, link in the description if you're on YouTube. Um, yeah. <laughs> cool things, cool things. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So easy to start out with. Um... What's your favorite monster run in D and D? Displacer Beast. Mm. Like I love it because it's like a cat, but it also has tentacles. But it's mostly a cat, and it's like a cool cat, and you can like you know kill people with said cat. <laughs> Doesn't that feel bad though when your players end up killing the cat, or like you just no, always TPK your players? <laughs> no, 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 no! I just like the cat. I just like having the fact that I can put this cool, like, dangerous, like, jungle animal without yeah. it being, like, too, like, you know, OTP almost. Mm-hmm. So I, I like, like the, the cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, a cool, like, jungle, like, uh, panther idea. Um, mm -hmm. I honestly really like running, uh, lich encounters, um, Ooh. if you ever run a lich before. Um, mm -hmm. I just really adore, like, the lore around them, the idea that, like, uh, they become these powerful magic casters that have, like, uh, almost gone insane with power, and you mm -hmm. need to, like, not only destroy them, but, like, their phylactery, and, like, um, it becomes, like, this really interesting quest of, like, there's a very easy plot hook of, like, well, you don't need to just kill the lich, you also need to destroy the phylactery, um, right, first, right, right. and go through the dungeon, um, and go then on top that. of that, too, like, uh, I, th I think there's a really cool like plot hook you can also give your players where like they find out some of the Lich's spells and my absolute favorite spell that the uh, Lich has is Power Word Kill, which um, if your player's health is low enough, just under like 100 HP, they will just immediately die and like oh, considering that's, a that's lot of fun. like casters are very very squishy even at like high levels. Um, it's very, very easy to, like, have this looming over the players where, like, how do we figure out a way to, like, um, make sure our caster doesn't die? <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. it's just a, a really fun encounter and a really just, like, way, an interesting way to kind of, like, ramp up the tension, um, for a game. Dude, that sounds brutal. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, that would really suck. All of our spellcasters just, you know, snap, gone. Like, oh. That's that's nice. Yeah, um, and I think that it's fun because like the 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 game of D and D in general just like has a lot of counters to it. Like between like um, a high level counter spell or like a um, revivify or like any number of like um, death wards or something like mm -hmm. that, um, you can uh, counter it, but you definitely have to like plan out how you're going to use it and how you're going to basically like bait out this like insanely high level spell which i find is really really cool for a party to strategize around oh yeah oh yeah oh man um yeah so 
Look forward to that in the Phoenix Heart campaign when I throw a bunch of liches at you guys. Great! That sounds so, so fun. I cannot wait to just die like I have, what, the past 50 times? I should have, like, mm. a kill counter. <laughs> times just you've me. narrowly avoided death? <laughs> like, maybe five. Maybe. Just because I got lucky. Mm-hmm. Um... And speaking of narrowly avoiding death and smooth transitions, we can hop right back into talking <laughs> about the Phoenix Heart campaign. Smooth um, transitions. Yes, as we <laughs> last left off our heroes, they tried to fight this very powerful uh, creature in the underground laboratory that promptly proceeded to kick their asses, show them that uh, this hidden dangerous like laboratory as well as leave a brand on one of the players that makes them take extra damage if they get uh hit by the shapeshifter so yeah fun 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 all around <laughs> yeah we fucking lost we tried mm -hmm. but we got yeah. snails that's, you did that's get snails the... we did <laughs> um yeah the first thing i do want to touch on is that like at that point, I was literally doing absolutely random loot. So, I literally had you guys roll D100s and, like, we got lucky with a couple of them. Like, Hops ended up getting these cool snails and Boondock got a very thematic, like, uh, animated rope. rope. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about what you got and how you I, felt about that item? <laughs> I literally got a cone that mm. sucks the fat out of things. <laughs> I literally don't know what to do with it. Like, some things like that I have, like, that I have gotten like I have like uh the tail of a man or the tail of a like an antlion or I have like the special edition romance novel. I had plans of things I was gonna do with them. This I have no idea. Unless we come across like a fat monster and I can just chuck yeah. it at it and we win, then like I don't know. Ah yes, the Snorlax encounter. Oh <laughs> uh, yes, let me just you know the Snorlax like. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um yeah no. I definitely really like the idea of like these like random magical item tables where like you get like varying um, uses out of them because like you guys can be really creative with them. But mm. I feel like I've given you the most niche item <laughs> ever. So you're saying um, I can re-roll when we start the game <laughs> <night>. ah. <laughs> Oh my god. Um, I mean, I I can I'll probably find a use for it once we like yeah. finally get to soliana or like maybe sell it off or something we'll see we'll see mm, yeah no if, if you guys listening have any ideas please like drop them in the comments or like feel free to dm us on instagram to give izzy some ideas on how to please. use this strange magical item <laughs> i literally have no idea what to do with it other than mm, i could sell this and get mm -hmm. alcohol <laughs> oh man um yeah, so you guys then got your loot, and I believe the next thing we did that was um, had you guys just kind of exit the um, dungeon, kind of trying to figure out, like, oh, what the hell do we do now? Um, yeah, so any thoughts that, like, you had as a player when you kind of realized, like, we lost kind of big well, time here? this was the very first session we did, mm -hmm. and we yeah. lost, and I was like, wow. <laughs> Maybe I've been playing D&D wrong this whole time and I just suck at this game or what. That's, I'm not gonna lie, that's what it was going through my head. I'm like, no. Oh no. Maybe I suck at this game. Maybe I. Well, because this is actually my first time playing a rogue. So I'm mm -hmm. like, man, maybe I should have chose like something else. But like, eh, we'll see, we'll see. Um, so the next session is now what we're on. Uh, mm. A week passed by and um, 
we told Cass and Faith what happened, and um, Juliet scouted out all of the uh, people who were involved with the whole thing. Boondock arrested them, the whole nine yards, and then we all had a meeting with the uh, guild leaders, and um, Susan, uh, Morgan's mom, decides to take over uh, the Ibis, Ibis Cagniosha's guild. I have yeah. been pronouncing it a different way every single every time, time I look at that word. I think the word I'm, I'm going with is Ibis Cognitious, which right. isn't how it's spelled. Um, We're calling so, it that now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably still going to say it wrong, but it's fine. But anyway, Honestly, so, same. <laughs> Susan is now the official leader of the guild, that guild. Mm. Then we... Like, everybody decided, hey, there is this oracle that we could, like, you know, go see because they probably have an intel on how to stop this thing that just, like, you know, hurt our town. And the only person that knows where it, it is is this man named Mr. Salt that is in Hope's Landing where Boondock is from. And they're like, okay, all y'all, you can go. Yeah. Um, so, two big things about that scene, um... The first one was, um, when I kind of planned, like, this big, like, story arcs and stuff out, the main thing I really had planned for the world was that, like, I wanted you guys to, like, have to go, um, out of the town and, like, to, like, the, the far, uh, corners of the continent in order to, like, um, find the oracle. Um, mm -hmm. and from there, though, like, it, the the steps you t can take to get there are so like varied and like different that you could possibly do that like um i i just had it kind of tie into boondock's backstory so i could you could like resolve his whole like uh character growth details and stuff um but i think it probably honestly could have worked with pretty much anyone's backstory and just like um been able to kind of like because really, like, anyone could have uh, known where the Oracle is in your guys' backstories. Um, right, right. Yeah. So, I guess the big thing was just, like, um, whenever I create, like, a world like that, I just want to, like, make, like, these broad strokes and then fill in the details with the backstories that you guys give me. Um, and then this is how we led up into Boondocks Art, too, where, like, um, um, how I also, like, run, like, uh, campaigns is that... I want to have arcs revolving around, like, the players and their characters, instead of, like, these are hard plot points that you guys need to do. Um, mm -hmm. so I just wanted to have you, like, visit Hope's Landing for a little bit so you could resolve some, like, uh, um, some stuff with Boondock there. Um. Yeah, and I thought it was really, like, neat to, like, be surrounded by, like, what Boondock grew up with, and, like, we, we finally understand their character, like, oh, okay, we get it the west yeah i see mm -hmm. and seeing boondock like interact with all these like different npcs and we're like oh cool we don't know these people but i like his mom yeah um and the second part about that whole big scene was that um uh when boon or when elliot told me uh or when uh, boondock's player um told me about uh their backstory what they basically mentioned was that like um they wanted to play with the idea of being lawful versus being good. Um, so we basically came up with the backstory of like, uh, these two people, like these like, uh, rich, greedy businessmen were basically like ruining the town by like, um, buying up all this land and like, um, yeah, taking resources from like the townspeople. Um, and, uh, 
the main thing we wanted was that um, Mr. Salt has not done anything specifically illegal, but Mr. Salt is also definitely going to be, like, the villain of the arc. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, it, it was really fun to kind of, like, uh, see Boondock play in that space of, like, uh, that he, that Boondock absolutely hates Mr. Salt, like, with a passion, um, but he has to, like, do this thing because, uh, you know, it, he, they need to get to the Oracle, um, and they, they need to find out, uh, what happened with the shapeshifter, and that's much more important than his grudge. <laughs> I, I just thought it was interesting just to, like, you know, see how Boondock reacted to us, like, all of us, not just not just them, but all of us having to go to where they're from. And I could just, I could just imagine they're like, oh my god, I have to take these idiots with me <laughs> to my hometown. Yeah, because this <laughs> is also very early in the campaign, too, so, like, your characters also just, like, completely didn't know each other at all. <laughs> and so, oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. This is also the big session where I wanted to kind of start introducing each character's uh, personality and, like, have you guys start to really, like, kind of talk to each other and interact with each other in meaningful ways. Um, yeah. Yeah, so the next part that I had in the um, uh, story, then, was for you guys to get to Hope's Landing, you guys would need to take a train. So from the, like, first day I envisioned, like, the world of Odyssea in general, I wanted to have trains be, like, a part of that environment, because, like, mm-hmm. um, just, like, having that sort of, like, uh, setting is, like, interesting, like, um, to just, like, kind of run, like, a mini, um, arc or, like, um, some kind of, like, battles and stuff on the train, just because, like, you're all in this closed, uh, setting, um, until you get to your destination. Um, mm-hmm. So there's lots of, like, fun, fun things uh, we could do with, like, the train segment there. Um, there's, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, all I remember is, uh, Juliet was late, because she slept in, because she drank, obviously. <laughs> um, we got there, and Faith was trying to be all like, oh, have a great time, blah, 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 to Boondock, and they're like, yeah, whatever, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, cool, he's very standoffish, I got it, I got it. And then I was just like, bye, Cass, and just left. <laughs> no, I think actually... Morgan had, like, the most touching moment with his mom, and we were like, eh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you actually uh, said to Cass very specifically, like, hey, uh, don't die out there, and Cass uh, just immediately replied, like, yeah, you make sure not to do the same. And, like... Oh, yeah, that's I thought right. that was actually really yep. poignant, because, like, you two are obviously, like close but you don't really like show it <laughs> yeah we're we're too strong to show emotions like wipes away tear angrily like we're fine <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah no it was definitely fun to kind of like start playing in the space of like how i wanted those npcs to react to all three of your characters with those like tiny little touching goodbyes um mm-hmm. yeah no i absolutely adored um figuring out susan's character especially because like um Morgan it will absolutely just, like, play up, like, the, the childish son act so, so well. Um, oh, yeah. And, like, just having, like, Susan uh, dote on Morgan was just, like, super easy to just, like, establish this uh, interesting character that you guys all end up, like, loving. <laughs> the protagonist, you mean? The protagonist, yes. <laughs> oh, man. Um... Yeah, so, do you want to explain then, um, you guys hopping on the train? <laughs> so, 
we get on the train, mm -hmm. the trains are going, and then we finally get to a point where it's only us on the train, and Ashley, then the train makes the... I think you forgot the, uh, the train whistle part. <laughs> uh, well, hold on, hold on. This is how I remember it. Oh, no, you okay. got it. So I remember <laughs> that we're on the train, mm -hmm. and it takes a while, and so, um, Essen didn't get on. Essen was the fifth person who joined our campaign, who, um, it, it, he's an Air Genasi blood hunter. Blood hunter, yeah. Yeah. Um, they got off at the very last stop, and so I, Juliet was napping, because, mm. like, she's hungover. <laughs> um, Hops was digging through trash. <laughs> uh, obviously. Yes. Where else would she be, you know, doing? Um, Morgan wanted to go see the, um, the conductor and the mm. engineer just to like ask questions and stuff but there was a lady there like hey you can't get in there and he's like oh can i give you two coins <laughs> yeah. like morgan always wants to give people money like mm -hmm. for what reason i don't know he just always wants to give people money <laughs> like <laughs> and he's like i'll give you i'll give you like 20 gold if you let me and she's like no wait what yeah <laughs> and she's like i'm sorry but i still can't let you in this place and he's like really dejected and she's like well here and like hands him like this train whistle that's meant for kids and she he still gives her the 20 gold even though this thing is free mm -hmm. gives her the 20 gold and then starts trying to slide coins into like the conductor's cabin yes that's right <laughs> <laughs> like please let me in if i show you coins <laughs> oh man um so he comes back and immediately starts blowing the train whistle, which wakes Juliet up, and she's pissed <laughs> off. And she's like, I swear to God, I will chuck that thing out the window. <laughs> um, so now that she's fully awake, she decides to go explore the train. Um, there's like a there's like a cart for the, everybody's horses. Mm. One is pony sized for Morgan specifically. And for hops, too. which I think <laughs> and for hops, yep. Um and then she moves on to the dining part, where there's this one just kid trying his damn best to make sure everything is spick and span. But, like, if you've ever been on a train, it's, like, <laughs> all over the damn place with how, like, rockety and stuff, like, the train tracks are. Mm -hmm. Unless you're on, like, some bullet train or something like that. But, like, this is an old-fashioned western <laughs> yeehaw train, alright? So, <laughs> um, he literally cannot keep his shit together. She's like, oh my god. I got this. So, given her background, not only as a barmaid, but something else, she just whips this kid into shape in, like, five seconds. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, yeah. Oh, uh, I forgot about that tiny little scene. Yeah, no, that was super-duper great. Um, and then afterwards, as a reward, uh, didn't he- I believe he let you into, um, the place where they keep all the alcohol in the train. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. She was like, all right, cool. And he's like, oh my gosh, how can I ever thank you? Alcohol. What? <laughs> yeah, you heard me. Alcohol. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so he hands you, like, um, uh, like a bottle at first, and then don't... I, I could have sworn you, like, walked past him and then grabbed a barrel I, instead. Yes. I was like, no, 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 no. Hold on. And, um, because she's a barmaid, she... And, for how long she has done that, she knows which alcohol is actual good alcohol, so she grabs the most expensive kind they had, picks this thing up by herself, and <laughs> just fucking leaves. <laughs> yeah. Um, and again, 
this is one of like just those like faded moments you see in D and D because like I had something planned up later, and well, we can talk about this in a bit. But um, well, as you like uh, were taking the um, barrel of alcohol, I kind of said like, okay, as you are like taking like the the barrel, would you say it's fair that you're like sloshing a little bit of it out, and there's like you're just leaving like, an alcohol trail like as you go? <laughs> yeah, and I was like, absolutely, because like she's not that strong. Mm. She's just you know wanting alcohol. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, it was just a perfect moment, so I just wrote that down in my notes and then continued onwards. Um, and then, I believe at this point, was it, uh, Essen's introduction? Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 um, you're right. Yep. Yeah. Um, um, so he gets on the train, and, yeah, you go ahead. Okay, so, um, Essen was a character we needed to introduce just a little bit later because the player was just, like, um, busy with school and stuff. Um, but... Uh, when I decided to introduce Essen's character, I decided to give Essen just a very, very strong reason to stick with the party for a little bit. Um, Essen's a very, like, uh, lawful good character again, and so, like, uh, I decided to say, oh, um, you were kind of, like, traveling the countryside and, like, uh, taking down, like, these small, like, bandit camps, which is fairly easy for you to do as a, uh, level 5, um, blood hunter at this point um and so i said you found out some information from one of the bandit dens that um the sheriff of hope's landing is uh going to be assassinated um so you know if you see the sheriff of hope's landing cough cough maybe tell him that cough cough um yeah so gave essen these very very like strong hints to and a very like good reason to talk to boondock um and so yeah essen uh got on the train on the um, next to last stop before you guys would get off the train and get to Hope's Landing. Um, and as Essen does, I uh, have him roll an intelligence check to realize that, oh, the Sheriff of Hope's Landing is on this train. So um, Boondock and Essen get to talk for a little bit about like that sort of thing. And um, I really enjoyed kind of playing into Boondock's character for a little bit there because I very specifically said that um, no um, sane bandit wants to take down the this like order because like you know he's the sheriff and like he's like been known for like this insanely strict um, sheriffing policy in his hometown. So no reasonable bandit is going to do that. So um, but then I mentioned like oh the only people who would be willing to do that would be a fairly competent assassin or like someone who like really had uh, grudges against you um yeah so boondex player really enjoyed like kind of playing up the fact of like there's supposed to be this kind of like badass sheriff um while also moving the plot forward there <laughs> mm -hmm. so i believe at this point then did, were you, did you guys still like do anything with the the train or was this the point where um the, the plot started moving forward. <laughs> I think this is the point where the plot started moving forward because all I can remember is Hop's like sticky hands to the window, just like trying to pilfer around people's luggages to see if she could find any trash or something. <laughs> we were like, <laughs> yeah. okay. In people's luggages. Um, yeah. Yeah, so plot moves forward a little bit and um, Boondock notices that. Um, uh, one of the people who is currently working on the train, currently, like, carrying, like, uh, some bags and stuff around, is, um, a person he knows from his hometown, Titus. Um, and so, like, they have, like, a brief conversation where Titus is kind of like, oh, yeah, I mean, this is a decent enough job, you know how it is. Um, 
Boondock's not too suspicious right now, but like, he, he, he can tell that like something is clearly up and Titus is clearly uh, holding something back as um, one of my favorite devices that I've ever put in there, um, Boondock's brand starts to, to glow. So anytime the shapeshifter is near Boondock, um, Boondock's brand um, might start like uh, glowing if the shapeshifter's in their like true form, um, which I really just love as a plot device because it just like sets you guys immediately on edge because like you know like the shapeshifter is near somewhere. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um. But yeah. Do you want to start explaining from here then? <laughs> um. So, I we all knew that the shapeshifter was near, mm -hmm. and we were like, oh, okay, well, crap, what's going on? <laughs> and I think at that point, uh, the woman who was in front of the engine room, Titus. And then the kid that um, Juliet interacted with all came into the front, uh, into the cart that we were all in. Mm -hmm. And we were like, oh shit, this is a setup. <laughs> and uh, immediately got into battle. But as as the four of us got to battle, Morgan, Juliet, <laughs> Boondock, and Essen, Hopscotch decided, hmm, let me stick my head out the window and seize the the sees the shapeshifter mm -hmm. right on top of the damn train and decides i'm gonna go for it i bet that lady needs a sale and we're like uh yeah okay <laughs> so hopscotch sneaks out the damn window and this is one of those things where it's like i have no idea where like um hops is players like attempting to do here but i know just that like um I expected, like, all of you to try and, like, look at the top of the train or something like that. I did not expect that one of you was trying to go, like, by yourself. <laughs> um, so, Hops crawls out the window, starts, um, climbing, uh, on the side of the train towards, uh, the shapeshifter. Um, mm. they realize the shapeshifter has, like, a red gem in their hand, and they, like, toss the red gem towards the caboose of the train. Um... As they do, Hopscotch tries to, like, grab it out of the air, but isn't able to. Um, and so, like, I'm starting to get, like, slightly, like, worried now, too, because, like, Hopscotch is now by herself versus a person who was able to easily take down the, uh, four of you guys in the, um, in the dungeon. So, <laughs> um, I'm trying to figure out ways that, like, um the shapeshifter is just going to, like, let Hopscotch go, and I'm like, oh, well, if Hopscotch doesn't, like, do anything, then the shapeshifter is probably just gonna taunt Hopscotch and fly away. Um, but then, Hopscotch did a thing. <laughs> she fucking suplexed the bed, the, the shapeshifter off the train. Mm -hmm. Just... Hops isn't even good at grappling, but I think like Hops got like a, a really high score, like a nat twenty or something, compared to the shapeshifters like, like that, six. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they use their tongue like a lasso. They wrap around the shapeshifter and they decide um that they're going to <laughs> suplex both of them off the train. <laughs> yep. Yep. Pretty much. Um. But, uh... <laughs> It was at this point where, like, the fight inside of the train was, like, wrapping up, and so I said, like, okay, let's, let's take a five-minute break here while I figure out what the hell I am going to do with the <laughs> shapeshifter and hops 1v1-ing each other. Uh, yeah. Oh, and all God. of us were like, all right, cool, well, goodbye, hops. Like, <laughs> yeah, we don't know it's what's been gonna real. happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
Um, and then, and then, so we defeated all the hostages. Mm-hmm. We realized that um, Doctor was was like you know not alive. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we go in there. I think Morgan, Morgan or Essen are the ones who real who knew how to stop the train exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we're doing that, all of a sudden we feel like this heat coming from some of the train like behind the train right mm-hmm. yeah and uh <laughs> yeah because of oh wait i forgot to add this little detail that i'm really proud of i donkey kong barreled one of the one of the assassins you did yeah <laughs> that was that was a proud moment of mine <laughs> i remember asking could i do that and you were like what and i was like i want to donkey kong kick the <laughs> <laughs> you gotta think of some creative stuff to keep it spicy okay mm-hmm. yeah as a DM, sometimes you just gotta say to your players, well, you can certainly try. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And you best believe I will try. 1,000% I will try. Oh, man. But anyway, so... We feel this heat coming from, like, the back of the train, and we're like, what the heck is going on? All of a sudden, aha, a fire elemental who decided to follow the trail of alcohol that I decided to leave behind me to the cart that we were in. Mm-hmm. Wow, I wonder how he could have got there. Um, yeah, no, that was just a really fun moment of, like, I have the fire mental planned out, and, like, yeah, I I guess that's gonna, like, go up to, like, the front of the train now, because you have this, like, alcohol trail that, like, it was just such, like, a good little moment of, like, you guys did a thing, and then it just kind of played perfectly into my plans. (laughs) I messed up. Again. Oh, man. Again. Now. Again. I can tell the next part of this, because, um, I have... A little bit of a rant for this next part. <laughs> so, if there's any uh, players out there listening to this podcast, if you learn one piece of information from this, it it, it will make it sure it is this: never, ever, ever split the party. Never. <laughs> um, when you design encounters as a DM, basically what you do is that like um. For each player, um, uh, depending on like the number of players you have, you can increase the uh, amount of XP by like a uh, fixed amount. So uh, a group of like level or three level five adventurers would be able to handle something like three thousand XP. A group of uh, four would be able to handle four thousand XP. A group of five would be able to handle five thousand XP. When you take one person out of that group, you are effectively taking the uh, number of XP that they party could reasonably handle and reducing it by a thousand or more (laughs) um so (laughs) here are the order of events that happened in order for you guys to have the fire elemental be like a fair reasonable fight all five of you would have to be fighting it um here's also what i had for like balance in case you guys were like running low on health if you guys um fought the fire elemental you could have just kept it in like the the caboose and as the train was running if one person decided to like break the links of the track then the fire elemental and the caboose would just go like running off into like the desert um and you guys would be like just fine um but instead it followed the trail of alcohol all the way to the front of the train and so now everyone needs to fight it but that's fine you at least uh have four people and so i said that to oh um 
because Hops fell off the train, uh, after if Hops manages to get away from uh, the shapeshifter, then uh, Hops should only be like 60 feet away. And all, I think like pretty much every single one of you, including Hops' players, said, No, that's not how it works. Hops would at least be a thousand feet away or something like that. I'm like, are you guys sure you want to have Hops 20 rounds away from being able to catch up to you guys? And you're like, yeah, that sounds great because I want realism my D&D game. I'm like, okay, fine. Four of you can fight an elemental. This is fine. Um... We cut over to, um, Hops, and, like, she act uh, Hops actually does manage to, um, <laughs> get away from the shapeshifter through a moment of cunning I am very, very proud of from Hops, as, um, Hops immediately, um, uh, is confronted by, uh, the shapeshifter who is, like, getting up in Hops' face and, like, is ready to, like, tear Hops apart, and Hops just immediately pulls out a box of her wares and starts, like, offering her <laughs> trades. Yes, all of her many little treasures. Like her snails, the rib she found, mm -hmm. the, like, now kind of gross, decaying intestines of yeah. ghouls, like, everything. The one trait I wanted for the shapeshifter is that they really like, um, having adventurers who, like, um, think they can, like, uh, take down the shapeshifter, and then, like, um, watching as their, like, confidence turns to despair as they realize they're not able to take him down. Um, and so, like, as, like, uh, they're getting ready for this big fight and they really, like, want to fight this, uh, the, the frog woman, they slowly start realizing that the frog woman does not care about fighting, uh, the shapeshifter whatsoever. And I literally just said, like, uh, yeah, the shapeshifter kind of looks at you and realizes that the lights are on, but nobody's home. <laughs> um. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. I think that's exactly what you said. Yeah. And the shapeshifter became so dis uh, uninterested in Hops because, like, Hops wasn't worth taking down that the shapeshifter literally just said, fuck this, I'm flying away. And Hops actually managed to solve that encounter by just being herself. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so, unfortunately though, Hops was 20 rounds away from being able to help you guys saw fight the fire elemental as you guys started trying to take that thing down. Um, I described the rest of the train being on fire from the alcohol, and you guys realized, like, oh shit, there's horses in the cabin. And I also realized that at the exact same time. <laughs> um, it was a learning moment for all of us. Mm -hmm. So... Morgan was the first one to be like, oh my god, we need to go save the horses now! And, like, disengaged, well, tactical rolled, I should say. <laughs> tactical rolled away into the horse um, cart train thing. Mm -hmm. And as we were fighting the fire elemental, Juliet had, like, what, I think 5 HP left or something like that. Yeah. So she turned into a fox in front of everyone, might I say, <laughs> and fucking dipped out of there and helped Morgan talk to the horses because I think it was Hops' horse that was super skittish, like, mm -hmm. hey, yo, we should leave. Yeah. <laughs> um, with the hostages and everything. So, Morgan and I got the horses out. Uh, I think we got the hostages out in time as well. Mm -hmm. You did, yes. Uh, yeah. And then what did you do after you got all the horses and the hostages out? <laughs> well, I decided I'm gonna go find Hops while still in fox form, by the way, so this this tiny little, like, red maroon fox hops onto a giant horse, mm -hmm. which is Juliet size, by the way, 
and takes the reins in her mouth and starts heading toward wherever Hops was with uh, Hops' pony following. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boondock hops onto a horse with Essen to get the fire elemental away from the train, but it didn't really matter anyway because the yeah. train was mostly on fire. And then um, at that point, instead of the five people I had uh, planned out to take on the fire elemental, we're now down to two people taking on the fire elemental. Uh, fun, 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 fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we kind of fucked that up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I'm describing as, like, the horse is, like, sprinting through the desert, um, because I'm looking at the fire elemental stats, and, like, the fire elemental is literally as fast as a horse, um, so... Is it really? Yeah, no, the fire elemental is stupid fast. I didn't expect for it to be, like, this chase scene, um, but it was very easily, like, able to catch up to the duo that were on the horses. They were trying to, like, do a bunch of plans and stuff like that, and, like, I kind of applaud them. They were, honestly, like, some pretty good plans in there. Uh-huh. Um, and then we got to, honestly, a really great moment, because, um... Essen, he uh, decided that, um, oh, I am going to try to sacrifice myself in order to give, like, Boondock a chance to escape, which is wild for the first, <laughs> um... First, very first time meeting this, <laughs> this, this satyr dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And so he decides to try and, uh, hop off of the horse. Boondock then grapples Essen and keeps him on the horse while also trying to, like, steer the horse. And so I had, I, uh, had Boondock try to make, like, a, I think a dexterity throw to, like, make sure he could keep, like, the horse under control and keep Essen on the horse. Um, which he ends up n- not quite doing perfectly, so the horse ends up slowing down, giving the fire elemental time to, like, create this ring of fire around them. Um... <laughs> Both of them are, like, down to the wire. Both of them are down to, like, single-digit HP, um, about to just, like, die at the fire elemental so much as, like, gives them a mean look. Um, and then I just have to realize, like, I have to, like, intervene with some DM bullshit here tonight. <laughs> TPK the party, uh, session two. Um, but end up honestly being really, really cool DM bullshit because I told Essen, hey, um... If you want to reveal a part of your backstory, you will get out of this fight, no problem. And so, Essence player was kind of like, well, I guess then at that point that we kind of have to do it, as Essen slowly transformed into this giant deer-dragon hybrid, um, and took down the fire elemental in one swipe, as the this like deer-dragon um, hybrid then uh, said to Essen, you owe me for this. And afterwards, Essen immediately passed out. <laughs> I remember this scene because I was so confused as to what the fuck was going on. Because mm-hmm. I was like, wait a second, I thought this was an air genasi. All of a sudden it turned into a changeling or some shit with a <laughs> god? Like, what's happening? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so, to explain a little more about Essen's backstory, um... What uh, Essen basically is, is uh, a blood hunter, um, more specifically a um, lycanthrope blood hunter. And so we kind of uh, changed a lot of like the mechanics and stuff like that in order to, instead of like a transformation into like uh, just a more like bestial self, what Essen's transformation is, is basically he transforms into a um, god that... Uh, 
his soul has been fused with. So, more specifically, his soul has been, like, uh, housing a Kirin right now. And you guys are eventually going to find out some more information about the why of um, this whole thing happening. <laughs> but for right that and there at that session, the only thing you guys knew was that um, uh, Essen and the Kirin were, like, one being. <laughs> well... The only, the only people, like, well, all of us players knew, yes, but mm -hmm. the characters, the only characters that knew what happened was Boondog. I don't think Morgan saw it because there was, like, a huge wall of fire coming from the fire oh, elemental, yeah. so I don't think Morgan actually saw anything mm -hmm. other than, like, yo, how did that happen? But okay, yeah. cool. Um, and that was honestly a really interesting character moment because, like, Boondock, I believe, then chose not to tell anyone um, about mm -hmm. this, like, transformation because, like, um... They figured, like, oh, if Essen, like, wanted to keep it a secret, like, there's probably a reason they're keeping it a secret, so... <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, yeah, I guess, like, yeah, did you have any other thoughts when you kind of saw this transformation, or just... I literally was just like, what is happening? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, I just want to go get Hop so she's not alone. Because I'm oh, scared man. she's going to dry up because she's a frog in the desert. That's Those were my thoughts while I was like, hmm. But the funny thing is, she's just like, except the fact a tiny fox was riding a horse toward her and was like, okay, cool. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Hops will just, she, she, Hops is just vibing, honestly. <laughs> oh, the whole time. She's just like, all right, cool. Yeah, let's go. And so eventually the party meets back up mm -hmm. and we look upon... The, the train that is currently on fire. <laughs> um, the hostages are all knocked out over Boondock's horse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we kind of realized that Hobbs's cart was in the train. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we were like, oh, there goes her wares. Yeah, I felt bad about that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh man, though, like... The, that session went so differently from how I pictured it in my mind, because again, I really thought you were just going to, like, ditch the cart with the, um, the fire elemental, and then just take the train the rest of the way to, um, Hope's Landing, and then just, uh -huh. like, yeah. But, you know, oops. <laughs> yeah. But I'm low-key really bitter about the end, because I was still in Fox form, and I didn't want to come out of Fox form. <laughs> Alright? Oh my Listen, god. I was so pissed, because they're, they're all like, they turn and look at this this fox that's chilling on a horse like, oh, hey, where's Juliet? Oh, I don't know. Alright, I guess we'll just leave. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you bastards. You're just gonna fucking leave. Like, I get it, we're not close yet, but rude. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. And then Essen has the goddamn goal to go up to the fox and talk to it like it fucking understood. Like, hey, can I sit on the horse? <laughs> and the fox just like, you know, nods, nods its head, but to the oh back. Like, he has to sit in the back, not the front. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> god. That was so fucking, like, wild to me, though, that, like, every single one of the characters was like, mm, fuck it, <laughs> Juliet's gone Let's now. Go. <laughs> ah, she'll be fine, like, you know, it's fine. <laughs> this desert that she probably has never fucking set foot in, it's yeah. fine, she'll find her way somehow. It's either that she's alone in the desert by herself with, uh, with no supplies, or that she is in the burning drain, <laughs> which they decided, mm, well, cut her losses at that point. <laughs> I guess she's dead. Oh, well, let's go. Like, bro. Oh, man. Bitter. True Bitter. heroes. <laughs> <sighs>
That we are. Yeah. That we are. Um, I guess then, um, so... Second episode, then, you guys had a lot more, like, in-character moments. Um, what were your thoughts on, like, the other, like, uh, characters at that point? Besides the, like, bitterness of them leaving you for dead? Okay, well, when we first got introduced to, um, Essen, I was like, oh, he's like, he's like a wizard or something. Like, I didn't know what the class was until, like, later on, and I was like, oh, that makes sense, okay. I thought... Essen was like this studious wizard who was just like overly curious about everything because he and Boondock talked for a while about stuff and I was like oh my gosh this dude's like probably some super smart you know <laughs> wizard man um I kind of already had a feel on what Hops was so that was okay <laughs> uh, <laughs> um I did enjoy the fact that Boondock kind of opened up a little bit more and like what we were expecting in Hope's Landing, so I was like, okay, okay, cool. I get a little better idea of what he's gonna act like. Morgan is always a fucking wild card to me. Like, I never know what he's gonna fucking do next, because that fucking train whistle, I was like, I swear. He, he at one point, he was blowing the train whistle under a blanket, so yeah. he, he thought that I couldn't hear it, but I was like, dude, I have fox ears on top of my goddamn head. You think I'm not gonna listen to this shit? <laughs> God, that was such a funny image, though, of just, like, <laughs> this small, like, lump underneath the blanket you just hear train whistle noises from. <laughs> She's like, Morgan, knock it off. He's like, oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I think at one point, he even offered me gold, too. Yeah. Like, bro, keep your goddamn money. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, no. Yeah. Got it. I, I can never expect, like, what Morgan is going to do next, though. Like, we always say that, oh yeah, Hobbs is like the wild card stuff. No, it's really not. Like, mm. we can understand what Hobbs' brain is kind of, like, processing through. Morgan, no fucking clue. Absolutely <laughs> no idea. The man is an enigma. <laughs> He's an enigma, exactly. Oh exactly. my gosh. <laughs> and then, slightly related, as we transition into our next little topic, um very thematic um are there any other thoughts you had about Essen as you like um look back on this and kind of realize like because um minor spoilers for the uh next arc but um at the end of the arc uh Juliet and Essen have um ended up in a relationship or at least like somewhat close to it <laughs> kind of a ship mm. it's not official yet yeah but it's a ship it's slowly being like pushed um, together <laughs> yeah I honestly did not think this ship was going to happen at all. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be 10,000% honest. I had no idea what was going to happen. I was like, alright, cool. Essence like some smart dude that'll probably save our asses for the most part. Because all of us are kind of like, yeah, let's go fight these things. And Essence is like the only voice of reason who's like, um, hello, we should get a plan fucking first before we... We're like, no, 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 let's just go. The only one so who that, can that's, read. That's ex exactly, Essence is the only one who can read. That is that is that is his role of the campaign, mm. and no one can change that. Anyway, but <laughs> my, literally, those were just my thoughts. I was like, okay, so Essence is probably going to be the voice of reason and the one that actually like brings up strategies for this whole thing. Um, I didn't think anything else of it. I was like, all right, cool, cool, that's it. And <laughs> then more shit happened, and I was like, oh. Oh, what's going on? Oh, it's happening! <gasps> it's happening, everyone! Oh, man. Yeah. Um, so, the first thing I did do want to talk about, though, is, like, 
I know, like, relationships in D&D, like, there's a lot of people who think it has, like, no place in it, and, like, I definitely understand that because, like, there's, I, I can only imagine, like, the horror stories some people have about, like, um, oh, relationships yeah. with their characters and, like, especially, like, relationships they didn't want or, like, uh, characters they didn't want being hit on, like, ugh, that's yeah. gross. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, though, that, like, having, like, somewhat of, like, relationships, though, like, in a campaign is really, really good because, uh, if everyone is, like, mature enough to handle that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like... Um, if, like, you guys, like, weren't in, like, uh, the, the relationship, then, like, all, like, these reveals and stuff in the future wouldn't be, like, as impactful, and, like, um, uh, you guys, like, really, like, your characters care for each other, like, so, so much, um, and, like, uh, you honestly have done some pretty wild things, uh, because of this, um, um, yeah, like a whole, a whole like uh, barber change, man. Like a lot mm-hmm. of shit happened. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm looking forward to talking about uh, that whole bit. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited to talk about that, but I will wait. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think the biggest thing that you, you need though in order to like um, introduce the idea of like relationships into a game is that you have to have like clear set expectations and like um, boundaries that everyone like uh, follows. So Absolutely. session zero, I very specifically said like. I am totally fine with, like, flirting and stuff like that, because, like, that's just funny. Like, um... And, like, <laughs> All the shit that I've done trying yeah. to flirt my way out of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just bring It's just an aspect of your character, and, like, it makes sense that you, like, do these, like, fun, flirty things, and it just makes your character fun because of it. Um... I don't but think like, she successfully has done any flirting. And like, that's the best part. I should say. And <laughs> like, I've tried to part. roll so many times, and they're like, no, you just intimidated the shit out of him. And I'm like, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about how you managed to fucking <laughs> scare a I man half to death trying to seduce him. Oh, <laughs> 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 Oh my god. Um, yeah, no. Good times. And so the other rule I also had is that, like, if it gets anything beyond, like, flirting or, like, you know, just, like, um, you know, the, the one, like, big kiss scene, um, it's just fade to black after that. Like, yeah, yeah no, no further. We do not need to hear, like, the nitty gritty of, uh, details and stuff like that. Um, yeah, you can go to Wattpad or something like that. Yeah. That kind of shit. Like, <laughs> eh. Um,. Yeah. How awkward would it be just to sit in a room and all of a sudden these two just to start scribing like their sex life and you're like, ew, what the fuck is going on? I just wanted to roll these bath dice. Like, what's happening? <laughs> I just wanted to fight some kobolds. What's happening to me? <laughs> I brought these dice and not and I don't want to hear this about the birds and the bees. Oh, that conversation with hops. No tadpoles specifically. No tadpoles. No tadpoles. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, no. But, um, having, like, the flirting stuff between your two characters, like, I, th- I think it's extremely funny when you can, like, uh, when you guys, like, flirt, uh, with each other NPCs and, like, the NPCs don't get it or, like, uh, you accidentally intimidate the NPCs or just, like, um, yeah. There's, there's a whole lot of, like, just funny moments you can have with that, um, but I also do enjoy, like, the fluffy scenes where you guys do, so you want to explain, oh, like, um, yeah, do you guys kind of, like, 
just kind of like feel that one out and like uh how much fluff to include because like you've been really really good about like having these light fluffy like flirting scenes where it's like it's cute without like you know getting too like fucking romance poem you know yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) well so this is the thing i literally had no idea that this was actually going to become a ship nobody Mm -hmm. did until like all of a sudden it started like i I, we didn't even talk about this like at all Mm -hmm. and like all of a sudden they became like kind of a ship and we we're like so is this gonna be a thing and we're like yes it's gonna be a thing i'm like oh shit all right here we go boys like we didn't plan anything mm-hmm. like it's it's mostly just kind of feeling what each other is comfortable with and once we kind of like realize like okay we can do this here we go kind of yeah. thing so like the, the the start i'm gonna kind of like reach in a little bit to mm-hmm. episode uh three just kind of like that's where it started mm-hmm. um this thing climbs onto the back of the horse and he he's kind of like disturbed with all of the things that's like kind of just happened like oh my god i owe the cure in a favor holy shit and he's kind of like having a minor panic attack and for so and i think he he's one of those sensory people like if he touches something he can calm down like and like a fox is in front of him who's not gonna touch a fox you know what i mean (laughs) and he starts like kind of petting her back and she's like okay i will allow it for now and then um as they start moving forward, she realizes nobody is really gonna go back and look for her, so she pops back into like her humanoid form, like you guys are fucking assholes. Yeah. And like, oh hey, and no one questioned it. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, you can magically turn into a fox. That's cool. I didn't know tabaxis could do that. I'm like, you guys are fucking assholes. <laughs> That's rude as hell. Rude as hell. Oh my god. Um. And and then at that point, I think Essen like kind of like hugged her. And she was like, whoa, what the fuck are you doing? I don't even know you, man. And he's like, can I just please just relax a little bit? Because I'm, like, freaking the fuck out. And she's like, okay. All right, just don't fucking touch my tail. We're good. And he's like, oh, okay, I guess. And she's like, bro, get off me. Like, who are you? But, yeah. but, the, but I think she's one of those people who have been in like a many a time like panic situation so she understands like okay this guy needs like you know some time and then eventually as they keep like traveling forward she lets him touch her tail which is a big thing because like i i think her tail is like one of the more like sensitive spots it's like it's like uh trusting somebody enough to like you know pet your hair for the first time or like holding their hand for the first time but that's like part of her so she's like okay calm the fuck down don't tug we're good all right this is a little weird but we're good oh man um yeah no and like that was the point where like none of us were kind of expecting it and like you guys just ended up like uh doing that and like there was so many more, like, tiny little moments where, like, that, where, like, I'm kind of realizing, like, oh, these two, like, uh, characters are just, like, slowly being, like, uh, pushed together. Um, and so I think, like, I, like, eventually decided to just straight up ask you guys, like, hey, um, uh, if this is a thing you guys are cool with, I can, like, also talk about it with, like, the rest of the people playing and see if we're all comfortable with the idea of, like, introducing one relationship into the group dynamic here. I think um, literally all of us were like, it's a ship, where have you been? Mm-hmm. Like, and we were like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. And both of you were just, like, enthusiastically, like, on board for sure about it. And, like, again, that's a big, big thing is that, like, both players have to be, like, comfortable with the idea and, like, comfortable with oh, yeah, yeah. boundaries and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And so, uh, because everyone's, like, all good with it, we went forward with it. And, like, it's been working out, again, so, so well because you guys, like, 
uh, you guys' characters care about each other and like um, enough to make some stupid ass decisions. Yeah, mainly on fucking my part. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> really just adds like a lot of like depth um, to like some of the decisions you guys have to make and like you know all of you guys are going to be in danger like um, just period no matter like where you guys are going to go there's definitely going to be some kind of danger um oh yeah so you know having those like nice like tense moments where like um one of you is in danger like provides like uh good role-playing opportunities that mix in with the combat mm-hmm. and because of all this like um other people in the group are kind of like interested in like uh oh yeah maybe like uh my character could eventually like get like a ship or something like that with a reasonable like npc or something like that and like um i'm <laughs> um, like another satyr cough like, cough uh yeah dude i'm really looking forward <laughs> to like um introducing boondock to this dumb dumb himbo <laughs> i love him even though we all tried to kill him but mm. i love him what was his name what was that? What was his name? Um, I can't remember. Oh yeah, I haven't given uh, the Seder a name yet, so <gasps> I was asking Boondock's player for a name, and so like I, I still haven't like quite figured it out. If uh, if you or like any of our viewers, if you can send me any sort of like dumb himbo names, uh, I would be much appreciative of this. <laughs> Please. Um, now I'm like. What would be a really funny himbo name? I think that's another... I think that's one of the hardest things to do to, mm. while making a character is giving them a name oh that'll stick. Because, like, I only named Juliet Juliet because of the Shakespeare play Romeo and Juliet. Like, not because I thought this was going to be a ship. I absolutely had no idea or no intentions at all for anything to become a ship with her. Mm-hmm. I did it based on her backstory, which I'm not going to say now because <laughs> kind of spoiler. But I was just like, this is hilarious. It's very cliche, but I'm fucking loving it. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Oh, man. Um, Yeah, so when you like name your characters, this is definitely what we're talking about. Um, Yeah. Is it always just, like, thematic names you just, like, get from, like, books or stories or something like that? <laughs> uh, kind of, sort of. It's, I, I look through, like, different, um, I kind of base my characters based on sometimes, like, where I get inspiration from. So, like, if I, uh, her last name is Jung, which I got from Korea, because she's, like, more of, like, an Asian-based kind of thing. So I was like, oh, Hejung, that's, that's cool, I'll name her that. And I forgot the meaning behind it, but I named her because it was a, a meaning behind it, and I can't remember it now. But, um... <laughs> and then I have uh, Nina Solisar. She is a human paladin, and she, I think she kind of comes from Latin America because, she, like, her nickname is, like, the Sun Soldier, so she's, like, from, like, like more of a sunny place, so, like, Latin America. And I was just like, something something like that, because, like, I'm, I'm Mexican-American, so, like, it's kind of from my culture. And uh, I was like, What's, like, a good, like, Latin himbo name that I can just kind of <laughs> copy-paste in there? And I was like, Nina. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then I think the other ones, like, like I, I do some research on, like, different, like, um, cultures that I'm interested in and, like, kind of go from there. Um, or, like, you know, I, ha- I also have this, uh, this Kanku little baby and... His name is literally just Crow. And they're like, that's your name? Aren't you, aren't you a crow? Yep. That's my name. 
that's it. And you're like, uh, oh, okay. Oh, man. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I pretty much do the exact same thing. It's, um, I normally end up just looking, like, um, at different, like, myths and legends and stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. depending on how I want to, like, flavor the character, but it always ends up being something like, um, uh, like a character I based was, um, uh, on, like, kind of, like, Norse culture. Um, and so, like, uh, I end up kind of, like, naming, like, a, this monk, uh, Scotty, uh, um, the, for, like, this, um, Norse goddess. Um, just cause, like, it, it felt thematic with, like, the, um, the backstory and having this, like, um, somewhat motherly character. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, it, it, it's, it's just, like, looking at these, like, legends and, like, um, trying to, like, figure out the main themes and stuff like that of, like, these characters in the legends before I, like, end up stealing the names. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a very, that's a good, uh, thing to put in was, is, like, please research before you give them names. Like, oh, I'm gonna name this character, uh, Zeus. Mm -hmm. And if you know anything about Greek <laughs> anything at all. It's Zeus puts his dick into everything. Yep. <laughs> that's that's all you need to know about Zeus for the most part. And I I remember this I remember this because it was like one of my first or second campaigns and they're like, yeah, his name's Zeus, because he's super cool and like he does lightning and I was like What is he? Is he a bard? And he's like, No, why would you ask that? And I'm like you, <laughs> you Okay. Well, do you know anything about Zeus other than the fact he does like thunder and lightning? Well he's like King of the Gods, right? And I'm like he fucks everything. <laughs> Is that what you're trying to do? And he's like, no, no, that's not. I'm like, then choose Thor or something else. Why Zeus? <laughs> like, you could choose any other name. That oh, I could have given you a list, like of of sky gods. You could have looked in the player's handbook. Anything. Mm. You didn't have to choose Zeus, but you did. So now <laughs> you have to deal with it. Oh my god. Um, that actually reminds me of um. I was making a Yuan T character, um, and the original name I was gonna go for uh, this character was uh, Zahar, which means the uh, oh. Serpent King. Um, yeah. And <laughs> you've you've seen Homestuck, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking fortunately, yes. Now, yes. I didn't. Uh, I I have not been um, pulled into the dark dark abysses of that. But oh um, my gosh, I I mentioned the character name uh, to one of my friends, and they just immediately were just like, "You got to change the name. You you have to change the name, <laughs> my guy." Uh, <laughs> please, just shield your eyes. Nobody researched that. You don't have to. Just take my word for it. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to. Don't look it up. It's fine. I mean, it's not even that bad. It's not even porn or anything. But as soon as you start looking it up, You'll your know. algorithm is going to be all off. And you're going to see Homestuck shit. And you're going to be sucked in. So please, <laughs> yeah. just, just trust me. You guys will know when you'll see it. Um, and unfortunately, on that note, I think <laughs> we should wrap things up. Okay. <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening to us, especially that part where we got into Homestuck. Um, <laughs> not sponsored. Not sponsored. Um, again, uh, if you guys want to support us and uh, help us keep making this kind of content for you guys, um, 
please consider supporting us on Patreon. Um, we have some like rewards for you guys too, um, if you guys decide to support us. So you know, yeah, g give a little, get a little. <laughs> um, you get things. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so thank you all so much, and we'll see you guys next week. Yeah!